Welcome Mandalorian Fakers to the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. It's time to kick back at the saloon with a dust stick or two and enjoy this week's recap of the Mandalorian. Ah, bounty hunting is the life, wouldn't you agree? Welcome to the saloon, everybody. Do you have your glass of spotchka? This is your host, Storm Duper. This is the Mando Roundup, brought to you by FakingStarWars.net. And with me, as always, is the vivacious gangstress, Gemma the Hut. How are you, Gemma? I'm still here. Are you kicking butt? Uh, I guess. Have you heard any uh, spurs here in the saloon today? Anyone walking in with spurs or it's anything? It's pretty quiet. Pretty quiet? Well, that's probably good. Um, well, if you are looking for a way to uh, do, donate some money and do something good for the uh, for society, you should support us on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash fakingstarwars. And join at whatever level you are comfortable with. You can join for as little as a buck a month and get the podcasts early. Not only this one, but our sister podcast, Faking Star Wars Radio. You can be like Darth Taxis and Keith Harmon. And I have big news, Gemma. We have a new supporter on Patreon. Ooh! Yes. Uh, at the Guardian. Jedi Guardian level. This is a big shout out to 97 Bravo, who has been an interesting follower on Twitter the last few months. I have corresponded with uh, 97 Bravo a bit, and he decided to make the plunge and support us at the Guardian level. Thank you very much, 97 Bravo. Your empty box of goodies is in the mail. It was a good decision on his part. Yes, I agree. Um, also, don't don't be uh, shy to follow me on Twitter at StormDuper, or uh, you can follow Willie Bobo, the coordinator of Faking Star Wars, at Faking Star Wars. And you can find us on all our social media sites. We are ready to interact with you and have fun. And write us a review if you can. We delight in reading terrible reviews. So if you hate the sound of my voice and the words that I choose to say, please rip me a new one, and I'll be happy to broadcast that review to the entire galaxy. All right, well, before we get into uh, Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian, we have to talk about our predictions from last time. Uh, I predicted that the Mandalorian would go back to the planet, uh, the shrimp planet, and hang out with Omara and Winta and save them from some other problems. So I think I get zero points because clearly that did not happen at all in this episode. Uh, how about you, Gemma? Well, first of all, I think you get minus zero points for being really, really far off. Um, I I think I get about one point. I was kind of like 50-50. I predicted that the episode... Um, three shootout that the Mandalorian had was going to come back and bite him in a big way and it did Mm. Um, but I also predicted that he was going to a more civilized planet and he ended up on Tatooine which is nowhere so kind of the definition of a ghost town kind of had it half right yeah I mean you got it right at the very very beginning he definitely had you know a hot pursuit from another bounty hunter so I'm gonna give it to you congratulations I think you have two wins and I have one thank you all right well we have important business here today Gemma Uh, Mandalorian chapter four Five. Uh, did you watch it? I did watch it. Now, last time you said you only watched it, I think, one time. How many times have you watched it this time? Only one time. Only one time. You see, I've watched it three and a half times. I'm so a very busy hut. I'm a little bit more prepared than you, so that probably means I'm getting paid more than you for doing this. I don't think either of us are getting paid anything for doing this. <laughs> we get paid in joy and delight. Gemma the Hut, it's time for your synopsis of Chapter 5 of The Mandalorian. So the Mandalorian's um, flying through outer space and he's involved in a road rage incident. And so um, his vehicle is damaged and he has to make a stop at a, at a rest stop on Tatooine. And he um, <laughs> he leaves Baby Yoda in the ship very irresponsibly and goes to the rest stop bar 
where he finds some work with like a young new bounty hunter, which you know immediately is going to die by the end of the episode. How did you know he was going to die? Was it because he had an earring? It's because he had a stupid name. Ah, uh, yes. Toro Calican. Yeah, stupid name. Characters never last long. No, no, Mr. Stay. Mr. Kodjad Jampinks. Mr. Your Humble Servant. That won't be necessary. Oh, but it is. It is demanded by the gods, it is. Kind of like Callahan, Calican. I was getting a bit of an Irish thing, sort of like a uh, Donnie Wahlberg sort of thing. Hey, man, I need my I need my bounty hunter. Are you going to help me? Um, I need to pay. I, I need to get into the guild, man. Which meant he had to die. Right, yeah. So they go out and uh, they've got a job they're going to do. And, uh, you know, Johnny Wahlberg tries to stab the Mandalorian in the back. And then the Mandalorian um, prevails and takes off again with his baby Yoda in his ship for another episode. How many planets has he been dragging that baby on now? This is at least the fourth, I think, right? I have no idea, but it seems irresponsible. He, Baby Yoda needs to get one of those galactic scratch-off maps so he can start at an early age scratching off all the planets he's exactly. been to. Okay, well, uh, thank you for your synopsis, Gemma. Very erudite, very uh, very accurate synopsis. Um, so let's start us off with our five journalistic questions. Who, what, when, where, why, how. Um, who is that mysterious character at the end who comes up to uh, Fennec Shand in the desert there? I think whatever the character he or she is, um, is going to be disappointing. People are probably going to hate it. That, that much is certain. Um, I, I have to say that, you know, if I feel very torn and manipulated by, by this episode in general, uh, mainly because if it isn't Boba Fett, I'll feel like I've been manipulated into thinking it was and to get excited. But then if it is Boba Fett, I'll be angry at the universe because that's stupid. Well... I think that's what everybody would like, though, even if it is stupid. So maybe they should just do it anyways. Yeah. Well, I never asked for a Baby Yoda, and now I like him, so maybe I'd like to see Boba Fett again. They they really went to great lengths to make us think it is Boba Fett. I don't know if you noticed in the background the sound effects of Boba Fett's spurs were playing when he walked up. I did not notice that at all. Well, maybe you need to get your hearing checked because I it was very do. obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Too much podcasting. Probably. Probably. What? Now... Uh, Toro Calican didn't give me the impression of being like this uh, incredibly uh, skilled bounty hunter. Did you get that impression from him? I did not, but I bet that you are going to answer the next question, which is what is the process for getting into the guild? I bet you have all kinds of thoughts on that. So let's hear it. Well, I mean, isn't the whole idea of a guild that there's like a master and an apprentice? I mean, every other guild craft and occupation I'm aware of, like if you get into a blacksmith guild or um, any other kind of guild, you, you train with somebody, right? And that's how you get into it. Um, you you level up sort of like being a Jedi almost. And so I'm just curious, like, why is he going rogue on his very first quarry, which particularly is very difficult like if this person is so hard to get why did the guild person give him this puck uh to get fennec shand in this very difficult remote location it doesn't make any sense to me it does make sense he's a bit of a rube they don't think he's actually going to find her or be successful so they're just trying to off him basically well (laughs) i think that they don't care about his well-being so much it seems like they could give him like a nice, easy charter, you know, kind of like Han Solo had at the beginning, like where maybe he has to like go capture some drug addicted, um, you know, Kowakian monkey lizard or something like kind of in the middle in the, you know, kind of down a dark alley or something. Any anything but take on the one of the most dreaded murderers in the entire galaxy. I like the setup. Okay. 
I didn't like the way that he. I have to be honest. Like I'm, I'm not trying to nag on this episode, but there were a lot of things in it that made me like scratch my head and be like, "That's just a little bit too close to home." That's sacred. Like for example, his introduction in the cantina. I already sort of like threw my hair back and forth when I saw the Mandalorian walking up to the cantina. They used a different angle, but I could still tell it was the cantina. And then they walk in, and it's like, "Oh yeah, now it's a ghost town. We have these droids working here," you know. But then they put him in Han Solo's seat. Like, to me, that's just a little bit too sacred to have him with his feet up, just like Han Solo in this cantina. It it was like, I mean, surely after Han Solo has gone through everything he has, um, you know, in, in Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back and everything, they would have put a little plaque there or something that says, like, you know, this seat is only for Han Solo. I was just going to say that. That they, they they need a plaque <laughs> for, for a spot, but I don't know. It's a TV show. It's not as serious. I guess not. Yeah. So, well, that kind of brings me to my next question. You know, um, when? So, is somebody going to tell Amy Sedaris uh, that this is not a made-for-TV sitcom? I don't think she's going to get another role in this kind of a TV show. It wasn't very well acted. I'm not sure she's ever going to get another role. Period. It was. It was terrible. It was bad. She was like a bad extra. I didn't even realize she was famous. Well, you know, Amy Sedaris has is well loved, and her character here, Pelimoto, I just it it just felt inappropriate. It just took me out of the entire show, and it made me think. It, it it felt like the holiday special, you know. It felt like some ridiculous abuse of Star Wars, actually. So I actually agree with you, believe it or not. I actually <laughs> agree with you on this one. That's amazing. I didn't like her haircut. I didn't like her tone of voice, and I just didn't believe anything she had to say. She didn't seem that sinister. She's taking care of Baby Yoda, like she had this maternal instinct, and she plays Sabacc. Like I just didn't believe any of it. Will you take him with you? Is he to become a Jedi? Where did um, EV99 go to get hired to uh, to pick up some work in the cantina? Was it like a droid, uh, droid power temp agency? <laughs> I mean, I realize that he needs some credits after Jabba's barge explodes and everything, and he doesn't have any droids to torture there in, in uh, Jabba's palace. But do you really think that the skills he learned there transferred well to working into a cantina? So I think the more important question is that did you notice um, that it was the EV9D um, on your own or did you have to go on the internet to oh, find Oh, no, no. Out? I knew it was EV99. Oh. He, that, that droid. Okay, so it may not actually be EV99. It might be just one of the EV droids. But that series of droids, I mean, they, they do a lot of different jobs. Um I want to believe that it was EV-99, but the reason I don't is because EV-99 was programmed uh, as a feminine droid, and I got more of a gravelly, masculine voice. It was definitely a bartender and not a bartendress. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe she's transitioning. So yeah, you know, maybe she took the you know. Now that the uh, the uh, yoke of Jabba's uh, domination is over, she you know she's free to explore her identity in, in this kind of wild <laughs> well, west. Well, robots do have interchangeable parts. <laughs> so that was pretty. That was pretty uh, progressive. I, I like that. So speaking of droids, what does the Mandalorian have against droids? Well, that's a good question. It, and and so far, the only answer I have comes from those flashbacks where we see that um, B two. Uh, you know, separatist droid, um, presumably killing his parents uh. and then gunning him down, I, I'm assuming. We still have yet to see who takes care of that droid and brings him in. My guess is that it's going to be somebody like Boba Fett or another one of the Mandalorians. All right, well, why? 
Why does... This is sort of the biggest bonehead move in the entire show, possibly in the entire series so far. Why does the Mandalorian go to get that dewback himself? Uh, leaving the two shady characters together to conspire against them. Like, isn't that just like a dumb man decision? I don't think so. I think that like risks are part of the job. And sometimes you just have to decide to sort of trust people knowing full well that they will probably not do what you want them to do anyways. So, you know, he was on his guard. I think it's okay. It seems It seems perfectly acceptable that he would tell the other guy to go do it even in spite of the risks that you know like the guy has already trusted him this far like with his quarry and the money and now he's gonna like put up a fuss and say you've got my quarry like the mandalorian has clearly been like someone he can trust so it was a rookie move from a rookie character with a stupid name it felt like tv plotting for me like it just it felt like hey we need to have some tension in this show let's invent an arbitrary conflict now agreed so I think that's why I, I'm still not convinced by this format. You know, like television always has to play by those rules. And sometimes you get this very contrived thing that doesn't really fit Star Wars. And that was definitely, for me, like a big boner. It was the big so. uh, the big TV moment. Yeah. Uh, and But that, that shouldn't be because, you know, Disney is under no obligations to make this a 28-minute show or a 35-minute show. They're free to make it as long as they want. So I don't know why they're still following that rigid format of like, you know, intrigue, intrigue, intrigue. Disney loves a format though, don't they? Well, I guess so. That's what we get. All right. Well, that leads us with our last question. How? Um, How did Fennec Shand... Uh, I keep wanting to call her Fennec Fox. Like, that's just so cute. Yeah, at first when I saw her name Fennec, I was thinking of, not Fennec, but of the, um, what do you call those cats in Indonesia that, that eat the coffee beans and poop it out? Civet. Civet. <laughs> yes, I thought she was like Civet. Civet Shand, you know? Um, and maybe maybe that's why everyone wants her, because she has a big a big uh, bag of this expensive Kopi Luwak poop coffee. You uh, want to hear a knock-knock joke? Well, of course I do. All right, knock-knock. Who's there? I eat mop. I eat mop who? Oh God, he said it. He said it. He said it. He said it. <laughs> oh my God, go, go, go! But no, it's not. It's not a civet. It's fennec, uh, which is a very cute fox, by the way. Uh, why do you think they chose that name for her? Fennec. Because she wasn't going to last long. It's also not a great name. Let's see. Well, how does Fennec Shan know about the Navarro shoot-up between the Mandalorians? Cell phones. <laughs> cell phone? Yep. Cell phone plan? Clearly, they all have cell phones with really good reception. I guess. I mean, she's hiding on Tatooine. It just it seemed a little bit also too convenient. It doesn't mean she doesn't have a radio. So so that means she's very sinister. She's well tapped into the, the underbelly of, of crimes. I did not think this was a huge plot point. <laughs> I don't think we're done with Fennec Shan because I think that I saw a clip in the trailer of her saying something that we haven't seen yet. She might not be dead. So that leads us, you know, to our to our uh, speculation about the next episode and, and what we think is going to happen. But first, we have to give this a, a best car rating. Okay, I'll start. This episode didn't do much for me. Um, it just seemed like they were kind of hanging out in the desert a lot. Uh, I didn't know the sign language thing between the um, sand people, the Tusken Raiders. That was probably my favorite part of the show. I just like that little tidbit. Uh, that now there's like a sign language uh, in in the Star Wars universe. That's quite cool. But overall, there wasn't really anything that grabbed me or captivated me. Plus, we got to see, unfortunately, more pit droids. The, one of the things that I hated about the prequels, and I hate them now in this show too. Um, so I'm really sorry, everybody. If you disagree with me, that's fine. But I'm going to have to give this one a two. 
I was going to give it a two as well, but I feel like the presence of the pit droids, because they are so cute, um, actually raised it uh, to a four for me. All right. Very good. Very good. Now, now that doesn't mean that I don't like the show. You know, I, I still am really excited about the show, but this one, this episode, eh, I just wasn't feeling it. It just felt very TV to me um, and not not Star Wars. So. All right. Well, it's time for speculation. Gemma, why don't you go first this time? You have 20 seconds. I went first last time. Oh, you did. So I guess it's my turn. Okay. 20 seconds to tell you what I think is going to happen here. Uh, I think that we're finally going to see what happened with that character in the desert. And I really do strongly believe that it's Boba Fett. I think that it's not Boba Fett, then they're really trying to just irritate people and troll us. They're not going to do that. We're going to see Boba Fett back from the dead. That's the reason that why they didn't do a Boba Fett movie. So that hear it here, here first. That's exactly what we're going to see in the next episode. That's Boba pretty, Fett escaped from the Sarlacc pit. That's fairly bold. I don't know if I would go that bold. All right. Well, it's now your turn, Gemma. I don't think you're going to find out who that character is. I think that we're probably going to have more characters chasing after the Mandalorian. Um, but I don't think we're going to get any big reveals. It looks like the next couple episodes are going to be episodic. And we're going to see new worlds like an episode of Star Trek. That's it. Mm. Yeah, so far we really haven't been anywhere for more than one episode, and, and I think that is starting to get a little bit dry for me. I was watching a YouTuber talk about the same problem, that he feels like the show is starting to get really predictable and really kind of repetitive. Everything gets wrapped up really neatly at the end of an episode. And it has very little bearing on what happens in the next episode, so yeah, that... I realize that when you have a gunslinger who's like kind of escaping and is a bounty hunter, that lends itself to that formula, but... It doesn't. It's not making for compelling TV. It's more like a comic book in that way. Sure. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I do still have faith in Disney. I, you know, I have undying faith in in John Favreau and Dave Filoni's ability to make something that's compelling. Um, and so you know, I have high hopes for episode for chapter six. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. So how are you going to prepare emotionally for the return of Boba Fett, Gemma? Do you have any plans? <laughs> are you going to go into therapy at all? Or <laughs> I mean. Know. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, Boba Fett is probably one of the most beloved characters in the galaxy. It so. makes me nervous, actually. They can only screw it up, right? It's like uh, being in an airport. Nothing good can happen. Well, it's kind of like, you know, if you went to JFK's funeral and then he just got up and got out of there. He's like, hey, guys, I'm back. I'm not really dead, you know? Um, it's That's sort of the kind of character that we're bringing back here now, so... Look who knows so much, huh? Well, it just so happens that your friend here is only mostly dead. There's a big difference between mostly dead and all dead. Now, mostly dead is slightly alive. People are going to lose their collective minds. Yep. I think Baby Yoda is going to fade into the background, and we're going to see all the Boba Fett, um, Boba Fett noise just go crazy on the internet. <laughs> we'll see about that. Your feed is going to be full. Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett's back from the dead. He lives. <laughs>